All right, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Bonus podcast. Uh, second week in a row, got my friend Barrett on the line. Hello, Barrett. Hey, how are you, sir? I am good. I have something to ask you today. Um, yes. For those listening, uh, for the first time, what I decided to do is my friend Barrett and I have known each other since 1991, and we just talk all the time, and I figured we'd just start recording our conversations and see what people thought of them. We're going to do it for a while. And here's today's conversation. Barrett, um, yes. this morning I listened to a podcast. I'm not going to name it because I'm, I'm not going to insult the podcast. I'm going to sort of insult what happened on it, I guess, so I don't want to. There's no reason for me to say, hey, fuck these guys, because I actually <laughs> do like the podcast for the most part. Either way, what I listened to this morning was uh, a, a, a straight white male uh, talking to sort of a social justice warrior. Cat, fuck off. Um, and, wow. Wow. It's just going to be a lot of meowing on this podcast. Um, could you hear that? Mm-hmm. I know. I was going to say, I know the microphone's picking it up. Anyway, so uh, a straight white male uh, talking to a social justice warrior, and it was about 30 minutes long, and I'm going to sum it up for you like this. Pretty much the entire podcast was, look, just because I'm a straight white male does not mean I was born into overall privilege and... I am not a sexist, racist, or homophobe. And the other point was, just shut up and listen and be a good ally. And it's like, that was literally, he's like, I'm tired. Oh, the other point was, I'm tired of being told to shut up and listen when I have ideas on how to help make the country better for uh, blacks, uh, homosexuals, women, you know, minorities in general. Uh, No, shut up and listen was the other point, was that as a straight white male, you just need to shut up and be a good ally by listening. And... Got to admit, as a straight white male myself, I was just sitting listening going, well, that's kind of annoying because, you know, what that does to me is I just shut down. I'm like, all right, well, if you just want me to listen, I'm going to go play video games and you can fuck off and deal with your issues. And, oh, look, last time you yelled at white people for trying to help, uh, angry white people elected Trump. You know, like they weren't going to help anyway, but, you know, you got enough... You had 46% of the electorate sit out the election because they didn't like Hillary, they hated Trump, but... You know, they just, they said, you know what, we're tired of getting yelled, fuck it, whatever happens, happens, and this is what happened. And so instead of learning from that, they're repeating the cycle of, hey, let's yell at people instead of, like, trying to be decent. You, as a African-American, Afro person of color, black, straight, male, mandingo uh, cock-having person, uh, what are your thoughts uh, as far as the, the white devil? Like... What, what, what do you think? Do you think we have a say in trying to help or? Wow. Okay. Well, uh, well, you caught me at a good time because I was just about to uh, compose one of my Facebook rants that really does nothing but allow me to have verbal diarrhea all over Facebook about all the racist and sexist shit I see going on. Yeah. Yeah, basically. It's like the end of, uh, you know, you, like you have the same conversation with like six different people trying to work some shit out. You know what I mean? It's like mental masturbation. I feel like the Facebook is the me coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> in a, in a, like, if we're going to be like disgusting and graphic about it, not that orgasms are disgusting and graphic, but you know. It's actually I mean. quite fun. Right, indeed. Um, Okay, here's what I think. I think that people want to be seen. My feeling is that for many, 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 many years, black people have been saying, 
this country is racist. We have real serious problems here. Poor white people are dangerous. Poor white people are really dangerous to us. And this is what's going on on the middle working and below, let's call it, if we're going to make some kind of hierarchical statement, right? Like, like lower middle, like middle, lower middle and working class people and below, we've been taught, like black people have been talking about the kind of racism that we've been experiencing for years. And everybody said we're crazy. So you'll have one cop shoot somebody and he'll get away with it. You'll have one racist teacher say something and get away with it. And what you, when that happens, it's not just the one. It's like recycling, right? It's like the one person gets away with it, but all the other racist teachers go, see, I'm not racist. A jury of my peers just acquitted somebody for doing something that I do too. And Can so I, clearly... Mm -hmm. I apologize. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yes, please. I read a great article on that very subject talking about when Trump got a, elected president. It allowed mm -hmm. white people to say, oh, see, well, I'm not as bad as him, so I must not be racist because he actually says Mexicans are rapists and Islam must be banned and blah, blah, blah. I just mildly feel that. So I, I know exactly right. of what you speak. Exactly. And, so, well, and, and, and that part, we'll get to that in a second, actually, too. Right? So... So what happened is like so all these all these racist sexist people right dudes were running around grabbing girls asses and getting away with it they were raping women and killing them and and getting away with you know what I mean like women and black people and just people of color minorities whatever have been saying this has been going on and then you have one really public case where somebody gets away with it but that gives all the other people permission to keep doing that same behavior and so nobody knows that it's like at an epidemic proportion but they just see the one case on tv they don't understand that that one case is allowing ten thousand people to go see i'm i can do that too and so this goes on for decades and everybody's saying something about it and nobody's listening and we keep saying these people are dangerous they're dangerous they're dangerous and so then the face of racism becomes the skinhead right the skinhead the neo-nazi skinhead becomes the face of racism and so if you're not a neo-nazi skinhead you're not a racist because a jury of my peers told me that i can say these off-color things to a little black kid in my classroom and it's okay i'm not racist the whole country came and got behind me and said, I'm not racist. So what is racist is these skinheads. So then people grow their hair out, stop getting tattoos, put on suits, become police officers, firemen, first aid workers, lawyers, the doctors. Right. But all the, they, they become all of these things. And while every, all these minorities, let's just call them people of color and women, right, have been saying this, Everybody's like, no, 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 that's not true. And then the very same thing that we've been saying for decades now is exactly what got Trump elected. He played on every single one of those things that we've been telling people are dangerous for years. And so I think the problem is now when you have straight white men saying, hey, we want to join the fight, we have ideas. I don't think, I think that 
that is something that is necessary. I think that people should have ideas. I think that people should implement their ideas. But I think that the real thing here is that what got Trump elected is that white people, poor white people didn't feel like they were being seen. And they weren't. And this is the payback for it. This is the blowback. Black people, women, people like that feel like we haven't been seen. So before everybody starts coming with ideas on how to fix our shit, acknowledge that you see us first. Acknowledge that you see it. Acknowledge that it's real. Acknowledge that like there is privilege in being born a straight white male. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have to work hard. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to bust your ass to get straight A's. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But what it does mean is that if you decide to be a reggae artist, you don't. You think to yourself, but I'm a white guy. Who? What white guy does reggae? You think that for about four seconds, and then you go put together your reggae band and become sublime. Right. When a, when a, when a black person thinks, when a black person says, I want to do heavy metal music, they think to themselves, yeah, but I'm a black guy and I'm doing heavy metal. Who's going to like it? Who's going to buy it? Is anybody, I mean, the white people aren't really going to like it because I'm not white and the black people aren't really going to dig it because it's not funky and soulful. And if I make it funky and soulful and you run through all these mental gyrations, right? You may still put the band together. It may still be successful, but there's a thought process that goes on in a black person's mind about every decision they make. Every time something happens to you and somebody doesn't like you and it's not a black person, you think in the back of your mind, is that racist? Am I being an asshole or is this person racist and doesn't like me? Because it's such a reality for us that it's everywhere we go. It's every interaction we have is tinged with this white black thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like if you're a woman, everywhere you go, people look at you and well, objectify me, um, you and all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just a part of your life that other people just don't understand. Let me go sideways with that, and then we'll get back sure. to this. But I know exactly what you speak in the sense that um, on, on football the other day, on Sunday, um, they had a, a female commentator, and she was really bad and annoying. And it wasn't because – and I wanted to post something on Facebook or Twitter, but I actively had the thought that was like, yeah, you know what? I can't do that because then everybody will complain that I'm – you know, like, oh, you're being sexist. And I'm like, I didn't care that it was a woman commentating. The problem was um, she, you ever notice, like, when you see a bad actor that really delivers their lines poorly, that's what she was doing. She was lowering her voice and saying, the quarterback is dropping back. Now he is passing. And the receiver right. is catching the ball. I mean, there was right. no flow to it. Like, when you hear, now, like, that's the thing is every a sports fan hates Joe Buck. They say, why is Joe Buck still... At, but it's not sexist. You're not saying, oh, he's a straight white male. Everybody's picking on him. But I actively... I know what you mean when you say that the black man actively thinks, and or not actively, but in the back of their head wonders, is this racist? And, and making sure that I'm not even being accused of being sexist or racist does make me pull punches sometime. And that makes me sad in a way that we aren't a society where I can just say, wow, she's not a good announcer without getting blowback. And being called, you know, oh, you're a white male. What do you know? You're just picking out her because she's a woman. Well, no, she's just bad is all. But thanks for assuming. I mean, it, it's interesting because they did a study where 
they interviewed white people who had to interview lots of candidates for jobs. And on average, the white person felt like their interactions with the black people were longer than they actually were, right? <laughs> they would think that... In a good way? There. Wow, that just no. kept going and going. It was like sex. It was great. No, right. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. But but what they've determined is like if you ask them how long they thought, they go, oh, I spent 25 minutes with them. And then when they look back at the clock, it was 12. And they're like, <laughs> how did that happen, right? Now, here's oh, what they white came people. Here's the conclusion they came to, right? But and it wasn't just job. It was like all interactions, like people who have to interact with lots of different people so they have a really wide racial spread, right? And the time that, and with white people who had to do this, right? And what they determined is that white people, when they're interacting with people who are not white, spend so much time thinking about if something is racist, if it is not racist, how should they say this? How should they do this? Is this okay to say? And all this other stuff in the new modern world that like it occupies so much of their brain space that time starts to be compressed in their head in a different way because they're not actually spending time with the person. They're in their head thinking about how they can best say something so as not to offend this person that they're talking to. It's like... Equal what parts a... <laughs> hilarious and sad. I mean, it's right. it, on, on the plus side, it shows that uh, Whitey's making an effort. Well, right, but but there is that is what that is like anti-privilege, right? That that is the cost of privilege, right? Is that that kind of mental process that like when you actually think about it, you go, "Holy shit, that's true. I do that." Right? Like when like what you said, if you're about to say something to a woman about an announcer that happens to be female, you're gonna couch you're gonna sugarcoat it. You're gonna figure out a way to say it that doesn't express your true emotions. But the amount of time you spend doing that is some is somehow based on your own level of enlightenment, I suppose, right? <laughs> well, here, if I, if, I, if I think about it, what I would have said if I was speaking, I would have said, you know, I really would like her or appreciate her more as an announcer if she just spoke in a natural voice. Like, that would be the sugarcoating of way of saying she sucks, you know, because she right. sucks could be interpreted, but what I wanted to hear was a natural speaking voice. And I, as funny as being a comedian, I've done enough radio. I've seen men do it, too. I, I, uh, I, I, it's funny, it was a sports announcer in, in Ohio where... Uh, you know, you talk to the comedian on the radio and then someone comes in and does a news break and then you talk to the comedian and then the sports announcer came in and said, hey, how's everybody doing? Oh, that's great. Oh, we got sports in two minutes. Yeah, that's whatever. And three, two, one on air. All right, in sports today, what we had was a small penis. And I'm like, why the... I'm like, you were just talking to me two seconds ago like a normal fucking human being. And it was so over the top that I had to think that anybody at home listening was like, he does not talk to his wife, you know, like that. Uh, like, uh, please pass the mashed potatoes. I am hungry and would like dinner. Oh, I love your chicken. This is delicious. I could use another glass of milk. It just was, it was so off-putting. And I, I get that there is an announcer voice and or, uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But that's theatrical. Right. And I think that there are moments to be theatrical and moments to be genuine. And I guess in that particular case, I was looking to be genuine. So let's go all the way back. I interrupted you. Our, our conversations are always circular. Um, so 
what about the the honkies that are aware of uh, racism and sexism and homophobia and have done what they can to champion and fight for it that today, like Matt Damon I think is a perfect example he's a guy that has been was known for almost his whole career or as someone that championed education that was a very good person and in the past week he gave an interview where he said look sexism is horrible if you pat a woman on the butt or you know you have a pedophile uh, we need to eradicate both of those from the system. Patting a woman on the butt is bad, and pedophile is horrible, but let's not conflate the two. Let's not make them equal in the eyes of everyone, where you just say, this guy patted a butt and this guy's a pedophile. They're equal and they're both horrible. And, of course, you know, everyone blew up. The Me Too movement blew up and, and you know, screaming at him, how dare Matt Damon shut up? And it goes back to that shut up and listen, where, which I just don't agree with, which is, are we saying that no one can if, if say anyone can anyone say anything that's reasonable anymore, especially and, and actively not a straight white male? Is it just a because to me the Me Too movement is fast becoming the McCarthy hearings of the 1950s, where <laughs> you're either on one side 100 percent or you're wrong. All right. I mean, uh, I think you're, what you're getting into is stuff that has. It, it, it's a what you're talking about is a symptom not the cause right the 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 real problem is that we live in a binary system right we have two races in this country black and white which is ridiculous right because it's offensive to every gradation of white person every gradation of black person to for starters and then obviously everyone who isn't black or white be, be they Asian, Latino, whatever they may be, wherever they may be from, right? But we've narrowed it down to black people and white people, right? We have two parties. We have Democrats and Republicans. Well, we all know that's not really true, right? There's many gradations of Republicans and many of Democrats, but we've made these things heaven and hell, good and bad, Coke, Pepsi, Burger King, McDonald's, right? We've, just, we've made everything so binary, and we've turned things from being different sides of the same coin to one side is good and one side is evil. And when you polarize things to that degree in every aspect of your life, it just, it only allows for you to see two possibilities, right? And, and so we can talk about all the overarching problems that, that feminism has caused, right? And we can talk about all the overarching problems that feminism has solved, right? Cause, but there are both. Right. Uh, I mean, same thing with like affirmative action. There's an amazingly positive side to that. And then there's a negative side to it also. But we we have not learned to embrace simple concepts that seem to be embedded in the religions of many other cultures, which is the yin and yang, the opposites and the the existence of them in the same thing. Right. Like we've decided that white people are all good black people are all bad right at their core white as a people white person i uh, i, I want to yeah i'm, I'm not right. too i'm okay right. with it that. makes That's perfect good. sense yeah. right I'm, well, on like, the, I'm on board right keep going right but like if white people start off as fundamentally pure and black people start off as fundamentally impure because of their blackness or their whiteness then white people have to work hard to be bad 
And so you should give them more chances because they're fundamentally good if you give them the opportunity to do that. That's what most white people believe, right? Not most. That's a gross generalization. I won't say most. I'll say some, <laughs> right? Um, but then, but then some white people also believe that black people, if you believe, if you are one of those people that believes that black people are fundamentally bad, then you should not give them more opportunities. You should penalize them harder because that's how they learn to be good. Do you understand the difference, right? Like, like absolutely. Well, like, hence our like, uh, prison yeah. system and our judicial right. system. Right. And so, if you're coming from that kind of binary attitude, then yeah, grabbing a woman's ass without her permission and also raping a child are the same thing. Because they're both sexual and they're both bad. And so, therefore, ergo, they are the same thing. It's like the concept of rape, right? Like, getting a woman drunk and then making out with her and her willingly, while she's past the point of consent, you are too. You're both past the point of consent and you have sex. That is still con that is considered rape. Even if the guy's past the point of consent also. That is, they use the same word for that that they use for use hiding in an alley, knocking a woman over the head with a wrench, dragging her in the back, tearing her clothes off, and forcing her to have sex with you. They use one word for both of those things. How is that, you know, that's, I think, what Matt Damon is saying. He's basically not saying that, that it's okay that somebody grabs somebody's ass. No, he, 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 he made it very clear. He said, right. this is bad and this is bad. They both, and that was, he was very clear on that. He said, both yeah. forms of behavior are horrible, but let's not treat them as equal. And that's what they, you know, like, he's worse than Hitler. It's like, all right, that's, that's when I start right. to tune out. Right. But I mean, but here's the thing. What I just said, I would say on our podcast, and I would say talking to you on the phone, but I'm kind of assuming that less than 10,000 people are going to hear this. But I would never have said what I just said publicly about, you know, gradations of rape. I would never say that. Do you know what I mean? Because that's like, because here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think that two grown people in two young adults in college both getting drunk and smoking weed and doing a bunch of stuff and then having sex with each other and then waking up in the morning and being like holy shit we both drank too much we both smoked too much we both did this wow that was a mistake we shouldn't do that i think that's a very responsible way to handle that i don't understand I why agree. i don't understand why the onus is on the man to be drunk and high, just as drunk and just as high as the girl, well, the woman, right? Not girl. That's the other thing, right? We say young man and then we say girl, right? We use these terms where we infantilize women and, you know what I mean? Like, we take away their power when we, right. even just in the language that we use without even thinking about it. Our language infantilizes them and then puts them in the position of always being the victim. Well, that's where all this started. That's what's what you said about uh, being born and in, born into privilege and or being a male right. in general. You are automatically supposed to be in the position of power. And right. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's fair. But yeah, if 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 two people are equally drunk and I. The problem I see or hear or consent or consents, I mean, I sense this problem is someone would take what you just said and twist it into a very true and horrible problem, which is fraternities that just get girls drunk and then rape them. 
and we're not talking but, about I that. Mean, well, but, where, but, where the frat boy is sober, or they set up systems where it's like we're going to get her drunk and take advantage of her, while they remain sober. And I know a woman that's uh, that's happened to where she was set up and drugged and roofied. Oh, we're absolutely, absolutely not talking about that. We're talking about what you just said, literally. But it's still funny and or sad or interesting that. Simply having a penis means, oh, you you are in power, which means you take all the blame, as opposed to two adults saying, wow, we both kind of fucked up here. Or generally, the guy doesn't feel like he fucked up. It's it's it comes into regret. Where wow, I really regret my decision last night. Not me, I got laid. Well, then you're but, a rapist. Wait, what? But also, but part of that also comes down to how we teach women about sexuality, right? Like he like. I was doing some yoga this morning, right? And I was doing this posture where, like, you arch your back and, like, you like you, you drop your – you're on all fours. You drop your stomach down and are, tilt your hips up, right? Now, this is, like, a famous porn position for anybody. It's, like, the way that the, half the dudes I know like to see women, right? And I'm in this position. I was thinking, wow, this is so sexual. But I was thinking, no, it's not. Like, we've just sexualized everything. Right. Like it's not sexual. It's a fucking posture that like stretches out your parts of your legs. That's what it's for. Right. It's not to be sexualized. Everything doesn't need to be sexualized. Right. But I feel like when if you're a young woman in this country. Right. And you are. Let's say you put on a pair of pants that are just a little bit too tight and you're like 11 or 12. Right. And. Your mother or father is going to say, oh, honey, you're starting to blossom now. You can't wear that stuff. It makes yeah, you, look you like just said of... woman in 11 or 12. You're talking okay. kid here. You're talking child. Well, that's what I mean. Well, right. We're talking about children, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Kids, right? But you say to this kid, this little girl, hey, you don't wear that. You don't want to be one of those girls. Now, she goes, what is one of those girls? She doesn't even know what that means. She just knows those girls wear short shorts or tight pants. Okay, fine. And then you see her, then somebody bends over and somebody, something happens and some guy makes a comment or some of more than that, maybe some parent, some older woman says, hey, hon, don't bend over like that. It gives, it sends the wrong message, right? So we start to teach women at a very young age that their behavior is inherently sexual. Right. If they wear tight pants, it must be to show off their ass. If they bend over to get something, it must be because we want they wanted us to look at them. Right. Like we sexualize their very ordinary actions. And so it, and since they know this and they get taught this, it teaches them that when they do these things, it's bad. So when a woman like you fast forward 10 years, right, a woman wakes up with a guy and she's not her boyfriend and that she immediately thinks, oh, Am I one of those girls who sleeps with some guy she just met because she had too much to drink? I don't want to be one of those girls that I was told about as a kid. I shouldn't have done this. This is bad. Right? And I think that that's already a problem, right? Because a woman should be able to have a one-night stand and be perfectly happy, have some sex if she wants to, and go on about her business and not feel bad about it. But if we make her feel bad, then she has to do what we call the walk of shame, which only applies to women, right? Not to men in the same situation. And it Yeah, we get so, the walk of high-fiving. Right. So, of course, if they wake up in the morning in that way, they're, they're going to have buyer's remorse. Like, they're going to have it. It's built into the system, this kind of thing where they are encouraged to say, I didn't do this on purpose. It was the alcohol. Well, if the alcohol didn't do it, then it must be him. 
It's his fault. He did this to me. And I'm not saying that guys don't rape girls, and I'm not saying any of that stuff, because that would be ridiculous, obviously. This is like that Matt Damon territory, right? Like, you start saying something that makes perfect sense, but we're not talking about logic here. We're talking about emotions. Right, because, and I need to interrupt you, know you because I mean? I'm sure you have more to say, and I apologize. Mm -hmm. But the thing that keeps screaming in my head as you say all of this is it goes back to how I absolutely started this conversation with you. Is it fair of two right. men, you and I, to have this conversation about women? Because that's how this started. We're saying, okay, so as a white guy, I have no opinions. Now you have two men, uh, and you are expressing right. very interesting opinions on feminism and women. Is that fair? Because I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you going, I don't disagree with any of that. But in the back of my head, I'm going, oh, interesting, because that's, that's where you started. The, but here's the thing. Here's what I would say. In all honesty, you and I can have this conversation, but really the conversation we should be having is not about whether or not there are gradations of rape, whether or not men should be allowed to get drunk with women and have sex and have no repercussions, right? Those are not necessarily the conversations we should be having. The conversation you and I should be having is one that should sound more like this. Dudes are kind of fucked up, right? We take advantage of our male privilege, which we absolutely have. Listen, as a black man, I can tell you that as a man, I have privilege, it is very real. It is assumed. There are certain assumptions that people make when they see a man that they do not make when they see a woman. And those assumptions that they make towards men are positive most of the time. Therefore, it is privilege. It's just how it goes, right? Like, yes. It's just a fact, right? But we not in the world privilege. of comedy. <laughs> right. Ah. Exactly. right. Where right. it hurts me, where right. I exactly. have contests I went into where they say, we don't need any more cis white men or anything like that. Right, like, really? exactly. So it's not right. about funny. And, 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 th and therein lies the problem, right? Because that is where something like affirmative action becomes a problem, right? When you're turning down otherwise qualified people to get less qualified people in, that's a problem. The problem is that in affirmative action, not everybody is unqualified. Some people are more qualified or as qualified. They just happen to be black or this or that or something, right? But what you're talking about is very real, right? Like you're being discriminated against for being a straight white male. Well, let me, and, let me again, you know, let me go sideways with this. Uh, my wife, I can't remember if she read an article and then I read it or listened to a podcast. It's really interesting. It's talking about affirmative action in Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley has been in the news a lot over the past year for being sexist and racist and you know th there are asians but haha that's because asians are good blah 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 they're not of blacks they're not of people of color so on and so forth but then this study that the podcast did was that's the surface where they say it's racist because there aren't enough blacks in uh, people of color in there then what they get down to is the people in silicon valley the white people there started coding in they it what this all breaks down to is haves and have nots it's not about race it's not about gender it's about income inequality because the people that were in silicon valley they had they had the education they started coding young they had computers and when you took african-american candidates that started coding later or decided in college ooh, i like computers i'm good at this they were still so far behind their counterparts that have been doing that shit since they were kids and were raised to, you know, think like a coder or an at me or whatever. But basically, it was it was it it boiled down to inequality in income and education, and it had nothing to do with 
overt racism. It had to do with the racism of America, which has, you know, African-American schools underfunded, crumbling, falling apart, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't have anything to do with what they were saying, which was, well, if you have a black candidate and a white candidate, it goes to the white candidate. Well, yeah, because the white candidate's more qualified, which is not that white candidate's fault, but it is inherently the fault of the country that undereducates I the African American candidate. Yeah, this is this is the argument that women make in all the STEM stuff, right? All because that's what you're talking about. It's the STEM technology stuff, right? Like if you're if you're like a woman and you're in sixth grade or you're in second grade and you're good at math back in the day like when you and i were kids they would have told that woman be better at english right and math is for boys or something right or if a woman showed was really good in science well, she'd get pushed over right she'd get pushed out of the science thing and into home ec or something stupid right and so now years later you have women who are just underqualified for these jobs not that there are not women who are very qualified right like there's tons of qualified black coders right who have jobs as coders, right? Because that's the one thing about Silicon Valley that that really blew open the doors on that stuff is that because people could work from home, you had fat people, women, minorities, all these people who like normally wouldn't get jobs. And I hate to say like fat people because it just sounds so mean, but it's kind of true, right? Like like when you walk into an office, people like fat people get discriminated against also. You know what I mean? Like you have all these people who get discriminated against who didn't because they could tell could telecommute to work. Right. So in one way, Silicon Valley opened up many doors for people because of its kind of blind audition process. Right. Like if you could code, you could work. Right. And so in that way, it was it was based on what what's that word? A meritocracy. Right. <laughs> like uh, like it's, it's that kind of system. And that is the one thing that. Racism doesn't want is it doesn't want a level playing field right because if you have a level playing field you will because i my guess is if you look in tech you will find that there's racism there too but my guess is you'll also find a ton more women a ton more black people a ton more this a ton more of all kinds of people well i mean it's life you're gonna find racism everywhere you can't say that there is not and and when it comes to racism in america and all that i've traveled the world and and I've I've studied world history and I I'm, I apologize for going off on a tangent but it just I, this is how I'm apologizing to the listener because what they don't understand yet is this is how you and I talk is just right. <laughs> a is conversation <laughs> is about just fucking tangents it's not about yes. usually it's not me apologizing it's like I'm trying making <laughs> I'm I'm being conscious that there's someone listening that might be going like right. why the fuck is he bringing this up but right. uh, you, like Koreans are fucking hyper racist japan in world war ii the whole reason they went into korea and china is because they were like fuck those other yellow bastards we're the best yellow bastards there are it's like uh, you know every single country in the world is fucking racist look at uganda where it's the in the 90s the the hutus and the tutsis that goes down to religion it's like it wasn't a a a brotherhood of of black people it was like fuck you we're just gonna wipe it's so i think america actually does okay when it comes to racism we're not great. We're not the well. We are the best. Fuck it. We are the best. We have our problems, but where else would you rather live and be looked down upon? Germany I has mean, a pretty shitty background when it comes to race, uh, as far as gypsies and Jewish people are concerned. 
I mean, here's the difference, and this is something that, that black people talk about all the time, and this is this is actually one of the major problems that comes back to what we're talking about, being seen, right? The problem is nobody wants to admit it. You had you had people in South Africa as in 86, 87, 88, right? You're talking about the 80s. That wasn't that long ago. They were hyper-racist. Yeah, it was in Lethal Weapon 2, for God's sake. Right. Kids like can watch were. Lethal Weapon 2 and go, I don't understand what's going on. Right. Like, literally, you're talking about something that was just a handful of years ago, and now that place is so different. You know why? Because they owned up to it. They said what they did. They acknowledged it. They went on a very serious program to do something about it, and now, therefore, they started to wipe it out. Germany did the same thing. If you go to a place like Germany, you look at German billboards, Germany is a pretty, pretty white place, right? But if you look in their magazines and look at their stuff, you see Asian babies, black babies, you see Indian babies, you see all kinds of babies there, you see all kinds of interracial ads on stuff. Like, they they said, listen, here's what happened when the worst of us is allowed to run free. Let's put a real serious clamp on that. They started making Nazi stuff illegal and like all this stuff. No, listen, I don't think you need to legislate morality. I think it's a slippery slope when you start to say drawing a swastika on your private property well, it gets I, you in jail. I hear but, you there, but I also do think that if you, when you compare it to here, the Confederate flag does need to come the fuck down, especially off, I mean. Off public places. Yeah. Right. And like, I, listen, yeah. if somebody wants to paint their house that way, that's their business. But it shouldn't be on a courthouse. Uh, I mean, I, sure. I, you know, yeah, that, that, but like, you know. but I mean, listen, if you want to, if you want to own a Confederate flag and put it all over your walls and shit like that, that's your business. You should be allowed to do that. Whether I do think I it should be on the front it. porch because I'm fully right. in favor of you know advertising your racism. It's better to you know when the skinheads were, you knew who they were. Right. It was great. You'd just, right. You could point at them and go, okay, that's the racist, and that's what I when I see a Confederate flag, I'm like, that's someone I probably wouldn't get along with, and it's I think it's great advertising. Yeah, I listen. That's my thought too. They, I think they should have all the authority in the world to do what they want to with that, as long as it's on their private stuff. But, you know, I mean, I just think we we have somehow gotten to a point, a place where we as a society are too busy trying to tell other people how they should feel. And I'm glad you brought that up because because what you brought up in the beginning of the conversation about black people and white people is exactly what we were talking about with the women. And you tied those two things in. And I wouldn't have made that connection, and it's exactly what we're talking about. So I say kudos to you for just even pointing out something that should have been really obvious to me. You cannot um, see me, but I did just curtsy. Well, there you go. That's sweet of you. Um, but I, and we I also are bumping think... up against 40 minutes, and we usually want to keep these right. things somewhere around 30. So yes. uh, right. let's, let's just ask this. Did we solve all of America's race problems and sex problems? We didn't even touch on the gays. Maybe we should. Oh, no. uh, Seriously. That's for um, next time. Uh, well, uh, let's just sum it up here. Gays, read your Bible. There. See, I solved it. <laughs> I took care of that right off the bat. Boom. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, I would say this. In closing, here's what I will say. I will say that I think that the conversations we need to have as men when it comes to sexism is we should be talking to other men about how to not be douchebags, right? Like, instead of us trying to trying to say we know how women should feel we should actually read accounts of actual women who went through this stuff because they're all over and just believe what they say when they say yes i was date raped 
and it was terrible and it was horrible we should believe it when they say i got really drunk and i woke up with this guy i didn't like how i felt about that we should know that and whether or not i think that's the guy's fault right like whether or not i think he is at fault for having sex with her I don't know that he's at fault if they were both drunk, but I do think that he should have some responsibility for going into something that he knew full well she might not feel good about the next day. She should have responsibility for that also, but it's not just on her either. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, like I think it should on be 50, both 50. parties to I think, be adult. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I That's think if I we want to have a conversation like this next time, we should rope a female in, a woman in, to get her... Uh, expressive thoughts. Ooh, I know so. exactly who we could call. We could call my friend Dawn. She would do this, and she's smart. She's funny, um, and she's insightful in a way that I don't know that either of us is. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a better. It's not a better or worse. It's just a different. She yeah. has a. She's very smart and also funny but also has a unique perspective on things, which I think. So I'll give her a call and see yeah, if we can bring her Let's look into it for the future. It doesn't have to be yeah. a specified date or uh, time. Just that's yeah. what we're doing is we're solving the world's problems, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, one so conversation thanks, at a time. Thanks for listening, and I hope we solved all your problems, except for that, that burn when you pee and that itch in your groin area. That you should get checked out. We can't solve I know, that No, I mean, really, honestly, witch hazel, alcohol, calamine lotion, don't underestimate the value of these basic things you can find in your own bathroom cabinet to solve these problems, people. Well, solve, maybe, <laughs> or just, you know, keep them repressed enough to where you can <laughs> spread the joy because i didn't notice any bumps you know go get penicillin fuckers. <laughs> right, exactly i don't even know what witch hazel does i mean i mean i know what it is but i don't even know what you use it for if Probably anybody does either. know please let me know there i can go. be found at dot 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 um, oh speaking of that uh anybody yes. that's still listening at this fucking point um <laughs> I mentioned it on the last podcast, the normal podcast I do with my buddy Jake, the actual Idiots on Parade. Jake and I are the idiots. This is, as we say, the bonus podcast, just to get content out there. Uh, AntarGoodwin.com. I mentioned him on the last one. He is the writer, composer, supplier of the new Idiots on Parade uh, intro and outro oh, music. So Interesting. We will talk about that next time. You give a listen, and you'll hear yourself, and then we, you can explain uh, what, what I used for, yeah, for our for stuff. All right, antargoodwin.com, nathantimmel.com. Send us messages, ask questions, leave comments, and tell all your friends to listen. Yes. All right, goodbye.